Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. Welcome. I'm here today in Conway with Leslie Tell. Leslie is the Advanced Nutrition and Dietetics Instructor at the Conway Area Career Center in Conway High School. Leslie, uh, welcome to AgCast. Good morning. Uh, You've just had a a really exciting experience uh, in May. Uh, Tell us all about uh, what you've just had the opportunity to do and how that came about. Um, I uh, just got back from the American Farm Bureau Foundation Federation's Farm to Table Conference in Kansas City. Um, I uh, applied for it last fall and was selected to attend uh, this all-expense-paid conference about beef education, um, the beef life cycle, beef safety, um, and just a, a, a... beef farming, sustainability, just everything beef that you could ever know. And um, so I went um, May 1st through 5th um, and missed a few days of school and got to go and get completely immersed in the, the beef world. And it was it was really, really, really amazing. Well, let, let's start by introducing you a little more to our listeners. Tell sure. us a little more about what you do here at the Career Center. Um, well, when you introduced me, you said I was advanced nutrition dietetics instructor, and um, that is that is true. That's kind of a new uh, title. Um, traditionally, I was a family consumer science teacher, and as um, our programs have morphed over the years, we've added programs like culinary and um, dietetics, um, along with some of the other programs that we have. Um, so I'm more of the uh, food chemistry, food safety, and nutrition arm of Family Consumer Science, and um, it's a new program. This is my second year at Conway for running this program, so um, it, it's kind of new, and it's very um, overlapping with a lot of the same curriculum that ag has, so I really enjoy collaborating some with um, our ag teachers, um, Macy Taylor and Reed Kelly, um, and we we get along real well, and so I've encouraged them actually to apply for this for next year because it'd really benefit them them as well. Well, uh, you just took me on a short tour too and showed me your new lab here at the school, and you have a big nice classroom. Tell us a little bit about how things have changed in the past year, so you're going to have even more room to do more with your students. Yes, um, uh, last year and the previous years, um, my classroom lab slash room was kind of small, and it, it was mostly kitchens. I have five working kitchens, and um, uh, due to other programs uh, changing a little at our career center, um, some space opened up, and the teacher next door to me moved to a, better, a bigger room for her, and I lobbied really hard to get the room next door for a classroom. And then my my old room really could just be set up truly as a lab. And so it's our foods lab um, that will house cooking activities um, uh, as well as food chemistry um, and food safety experiments. And so we truly have a lab set up now. 
Um, when I showed you over there a minute ago, um, I was really um, delighted to brag on Baptist Health. They have been um, part of my community sponsors for two years now, and they helped fund those wonderful lab tables um, that, that I have in there. So I'm really excited to have a, a working classroom and then a working lab. Um, and I know I'm super fortunate to, to get to have both. So tell us a little bit about what happened in Kansas during your uh, conference and how you'll bring that back to the school. Um, other than a lot of rain, <laughs> it rained the whole time we were there, but I guess that's where our floods came from, or Kansas. Um, we arrived, and uh, the very first night, we jumped right in. Um, we got uh, exposure to the beef checkoff, um, and uh, which I was sort of familiar with because I collaborate with, um, we call her the beef lady for Arkansas, but... Um, Miss Spann comes regularly to my room and does beef education. So I was familiar with the context a little bit. Um, but we met the, the Miss Spann of Kansas, I guess, um, and he took us through really how this program was set up and why and who was paying for it and how lucky we are that we got to, to be there. Um, we went over the agenda of what we were going to cover for the next few days. And basically, we were going to start on the cow-calf operation the next day and work our way all the way to slaughter and packing. And so we were going to go through all the steps. And um, and each evening and each lunch uh, was also a treat because it was very beef heavy. So <laughs> we, got, um, we got to eat a lot of great beef. Um, we had all kinds of choices um, depending on where we were. And they really did a great job of exposing us to local restaurants and local chefs and local venues that serve really great beef that's grown in Kansas and America in general. Um, so we, uh, the first uh, day that we woke up, um, we got on a really great, nice tour bus and teachers aren't usually really wined and dined this well, but, um, you know, it was super nice and snacks on board and it, you know, it, it was great. And they took us out um, in the Flint Hills, um, a little past there uh, where uh, cow-calf operations are. And um, I guess I knew that if you drive around Arkansas, you see a lot of cow-calf. Um, but I guess I never really realized where they go next. You know, I just see them out in the fields and they look pretty. Um, I, for example, I drive to Heber Springs a lot, and there's lots of cow-calf between Conway and Heber. Um, but I never knew what happened after they went to the, the sale barn, I guess. And so we visited this wonderful cow-calf, and they were Angus. Um, that was their um, type of cow. And in particular, they really were bred to be hopefully prime. And so we learned all about grades, which, again, I kind of knew already from Miss Spann, but um, they did a great job of explaining all the grades of meat and, and how they vary. Um, we, uh, we mucked around in the mud quite a bit with that and went literally out to the, to the field and got to see the cows up close. And um, we learned about their diet at this stage and um, how this particular family that were in this cow-calf operation, they really cared for their cows. They, when people, I think, generalize that people don't love their animals because they're gonna become food. In this case, it was completely 
wrong. And um, these people really took the care. In fact, their first um, their their uh, female cows that were going to be first time mothers were cared for so uh, unbelievably well, and they were so particular about making sure that that first delivery of that first calf was so smooth and. And, and I was really just amazed with, with the amount of care that was put into these cows. Um, we also at that farm, we got to learn about um, in vitro and artificial insemination. Um, we got to um, pull, <laughs> pull bull semen um, and, and look at it under the microscope. And we got to do some sorting and look for the best quality ones. And we even, um, I didn't, but one of the young ladies got to help um, go ahead and do an insemination of a female cow with, with one. Um, it was kind of messy, so I, I kind of stood on the sidelines for that one. Um, after we finished cow to calf, we went to um, uh, a feeder lot. And um, again, the I guess our thought process on that is hard to, to deal with maybe because it, it is what it is. Um, but what, what blew my mind away, especially studying nutrition, was the diet of the cow at the feeder lot. So we went to a smaller feeder lot. I think they said there were 5,000 cows, which blew me away, but that's still pretty small. They told me out in Omaha, that's nothing comparatively. But um, we got there, and um, again, the mud was just terrible because of all the rain. But beyond that, looking beyond that, I was amazed when they took us to the the area where they craft their meals. And really, when I say that, that is exactly what it was. There were uh, different piles of different kinds of food that go into the, the mix for these cows to put on weight, to uh, increase marbling, flavor profile, the fat content that you want, um, all those those characteristics that we really want as a consumer in our food. I was amazed how meticulously they knew that, you know, we need X, Y, Z and these amounts for these cows. And and as they uh, would check them daily, they would know that this cow needed to increase this particular part of the food. And when I'm saying food, I'm not meaning hormones or or supplements. I'm meaning just their their variety of between dried grass, regular grass, um, there was some um, oats. There were different things that came from different sources. And it really showed me, again, the, how the food chain's not wasted. Um, I know there was like brewer's um, wheat or something that was the byproduct of making beer. And, and it had a very sweet smell. It smelled like sweet potatoes. Um, and, and that was one of the components. And so they balanced this diet out very specifically to meet these cows' needs. And again, if you're a steak eater like I am, um, you, you want that marbling in there for that flavor and that um, tenderness and all those, those great things. So um, we spent a, a quite a bit of time on the feedlot. And the longer we were there, the more comfortable we got with it and what the purpose was and that it wasn't um, a bad place, which I think sometimes that's what's portrayed. Um, probably the coolest technology thing I came across was there. And um, uh, I just was floored. And this is, I'm in the Conway Career Center 
And this just brought back home, how are we going to train our young people up for jobs in the future that don't really require them to go to college, but to have a skill set. And this was probably the coolest thing I experienced. So they were regular cowboys on horses that ran um, the herds within the feedlot. And they're all divided into big pens. And they would go through and check cow health and all this kind of stuff all the time, you know, and, and look at them. And, and they knew them by number and all this kind of stuff. But um, there was a young guy that stepped out, and he was not, um, he was dressed like a cowboy, but he had on tennis shoes. He didn't have on cowboy boots and spurs, and he was a drone cowboy. And so um, there were a select group of cows from the uh, calf cow operation that we had visited that were tagged with almost more like a Fitbit tag, not just a tag that had a number. It was this biometric reading tag thing and it it calculated like the chew rate how much it chews and and that has a lot to do with their gut health and all this kind of stuff so um the drone cowboy could um let's say a cow had been ill in the in the process and they had pulled that cow and given her um antibiotics um for a 10-day period um instead of having maybe to ride all the way out to where she was um, he could um, take his drone and fly out and, and, and examine her via the drone and the drone camera. And then the drone also could download all her biometrics. It could tell if she had a fever still, if her temp was good, what her chew rate was, um, just all kinds of stuff. And so to me, I was just, I was amazed. And they said that that was a work in progress. At first they had the tags and they walked out and hand scanned them. And then it got to be, um, they went to Sam's Club and bought a drone and duct taped it on there. <laughs> and they'd fly it out and it was kind of wobbly. And then they finally got with a drone company and they made a drone that was equipped with their scanners. And um, another thing that was amazing is they can scan a whole tractor trailer at one go without unloading them. And so as far as... Um, you know, just their time waiting could could really be shortened as they're going to the next um, stage. Um, so we spent quite a lot of time there. And again, from a nutritional standpoint, I was just floored with, with the technology and the care, even at that point, even knowing they're going to be on my dinner plate. But, um, you know, I, I didn't seem to, that was okay with me. And, and most of the people were that way, even if they come in, not that way. Um, another place we went was out to Manhattan. We took a, a trip to Manhattan, Kansas, where Kansas State is, and we stayed the night there um, in a wonderful hotel that was right on the uh, campus, really. It was just across the street, and we loved Manhattan. It was it was a wonderful college town, and um, it was pretty empty. Graduation had been the weekend before, but I guess which was good for us. And um, they took us to Kansas State's research facility for cow health. And um, we got to uh, interact with the scientists, the grad students, the PhD candidates, uh, undergrads who just worked there, everybody, and um, learn all about cow health and herd health and then cow stomach, I guess, health. And I had always been told a cow had four stomachs. And what I learned was, I guess, technically a cow has one stomach that has four chambers. And so um, I learned about uh, the rumen, um, which is, if I get all this right, it's been about a month. But 
um, that's the the chambers and what's going on in each one and how that affects the cow's overall health. And so I thought this was awesome. Um, people are a little uh, squeamish, maybe a little more than I was. So they had some great cows that had the basically a window in them, and the capulet was put in them. And they could open that little window. I remembered it was kind of like being in the NICU and you open your little window to touch the baby and there's a little circle window and you open it and you can take a dipper and dip down there and dip out gut bacteria. And and um, the bacterial health of the cow is really what shows if the cow's healthy. And so, uh, you know, that that since the way they don't have stomach acid, we learned, they have bacteria. And that bacteria is super, super important to their overall health. One of the things I super learned that was a misconception was that feeding cows grains in the finishing process, a lot of people argue that that is what causes an upswing in E. coli. And that is why there's been more E. coli outbreaks in beef production. And from the standpoint of Kansas State's research PhDs, who have all they do is work on gut health, that was they said that is not the case. Um, the uptake maybe on E. coli in for production is either production contamination, or it's just that we just live in a world where we can report everything in a moment, where 20 years ago we couldn't. And so it, it may not really be that there's more. It's just that we know about more. And so I, I really, I liked hearing that because, again, I I like to eat my beef and I'm, I'm happy to, to know that. Um, they did a great job of, of really explaining Kansas State's whole mission with this beef population, how much land they've endowed for beef research, and again, when people again think that it's it's not something that's a lot of time has been spent on, that's completely wrong. It is, I would say, it's the the poultry center at U of A's version, except for it's in Kansas and it's about beef. And I could really identify with that. Like I, I got because we're Arkansas and we're poultry, and Tyson spends a ton of money funding research through U of A. It's the same thing. And, and so I was really glad to see how that, that worked out. So it's obvious you are very excited yeah. <laughs> about all the things that you were able to learn while you were there. So uh, we could go on and probably talk about mm-hmm. a million other things. But let's jump to the classroom. Okay. How are you going to take the things that you learned in Kansas and apply them with your students here in Conway? Um, that's a great question. So from, um, uh, well, my three classes are food safety, and my students certify in Serve Safe. Um, this year they're doing Serve Safe Manager, which is um, also uh, very rigorous in the FDA food codes. So uh, that right there tells you a lot. If, um, as we have, as I've learned through the beef cycle being in Kansas, um, a lot of the the concepts can be um, the examples. I, I have them firsthand now. I can use that example when when we talk about E. coli outbreaks. Um, we might look a little deeper at at the why, 
not just that it's uh, the beef growers fault or the beef producers fault or the even the facilities fault so where was the breakdown and now that i've been in all those places i i have a better window into that world of why um as far as dietetics oh my gosh um I, when we got to the end when we went to the packing which i thought would be hard to do too i was in love with the nutritional information given and this was a mom and pop packing facility not a great big one I think they only did 100 cows a day, something like that. They knew nutritionally everything about their products. And um, I am a fan of lean beef, if I'm going to use um, in lieu of maybe pulling in turkey. I'm just going to be honest. Beef has so much better flavor and texture and everything. And so when you get that counter that it's not good for you, um, that's where then it really flows in well with the dietetics. And again, I know some people can't. There might be an allergy or some other reason that they can, and there's other great options now. But when we're misinformed, I think, especially in a nutritional standpoint, we can come in and bring that beef in um, and say, you know, this beef is, is wonderful for us. It, it's great for our bodies. It's wonderful protein. It can be very lean. And so it's great to pull in in that, that area as well. And then in food chemistry, um, Gosh, um, we, one of the prizes that we got, I guess, was we got lots of materials. And so I have a, a materials book that has um, ways to incorporate into a, a food chemistry experiment, into a um, food innovation experiment. And so um, having a, a wonderful big lab over there now will really let me um, pull, pull some of that stuff in. When I spent time in the slaughterhouse, um, I made buddies, friends, <laughs> I guess, whatever. I'm a talkative person. So um, the sausage maker and I became big friends, the beef jerky guy. And um, so much so that I, I got some, some private time in the, the beef jerky drying room and I was getting to try samples. And um, I got on the bus and I had all these samples in my hands and the other ladies were like, you know, where'd you get that? And it was amazing. Um, I think it was called Brecker Myers. If I got it wrong, I'm sorry. But they have their family's been in the meat packing um, thing. I think since the 20s, and um, they did such a great job of exposing us to that. I really know that I want to have a butcher come in. That's one of the things that I really want to uh, incorporate into my class this year. Someone who's really familiar with all the cuts, not just a poster. But I really want someone to really come in who can really talk about each cut and why. Because as the, the, the head butcher there took us through the whole cuts, I was just in heaven. You know, I, I loved hearing about them and knowing, you know, what this meant. And, um, and it was great. So I think this every part of it I can put somewhere. Even like sustainability and their um, footprint on the planet and how... Um, how well I watched all these people use their resources. Um, just one last thing about Kansas. I didn't know Kansas was as pretty as it was. It's not as pretty as Arkansas, but um, I was really amazed with the, the Flint Hills. I did not, I've never been to Kansas. I thought it was just flat and, and flat. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. I thought Kansas City was great. I thought the Flint Hills were great. And so, well, having those uh, hands-on experiences really make things different. Are, is there a way that 
In the future, maybe you'll look at taking some of your students to some of our cattle operations here in Arkansas? Definitely so. Um, I already have a few community farm partners. And um, this year in particular, since I have three different preps, my advanced nutrition class is pretty small. So it's a great class to, you know, it's my senior class. I've had them twice already. They're really going to get some field trip time. And that was in my classroom budget. I really put out there to um, get them out and get them exposed. So um, off of the beef end, but Ralston Rice and I have, have worked together um, for a couple of years and I went to their launch. And so they're, they're definitely on my field trip list. Um, up at um, Damascus, uh, there's a farm to table uh, farm up there. And I'm drawing a blank what their name is all of a sudden. But um, uh, that farm up there, we've talked about them, you know, going and doing a field trip up there and having lunch. And they do beef and pigs and chickens. And so um, that, I'd love to take some kids over to Jonesboro to Roslyn. I've toured that facility before on an industrial end. And again, see how that world is because we don't really get that in Conway. And then um, definitely reached out already to the University of Arkansas um, and then Tyson. So I really want to get them out of the classroom, that that smaller group that's maybe going to go into these fields in some way, um, or at least just they'll grow up to be a better consumer and eater and everything, you know, they'll be more aware. Well, let's hope (laughs) this is a good place to kind of wrap it up that somebody listening out there to this podcast uh, one of our farmers or producers or or uh, what have you, maybe uh, get in touch with you or other teachers in the state too. Would you recommend this to other educators that they look at applying for this would, scholarship like yes. you did? I would totally recommend that if you are interested um, and you want to know more about it, you can go on the um, American Farm Bureau Foundation um, Federation foundations webpage um, and look for on the farm and there's tons of downloadable teacher resources on there as well Um, if that's hard to navigate and you can't figure it out I'm again Leslie Tell at Conway Schools so you could contact me um, via email I guess I can tell that tell t-e-l-l-l at conwayschools.net you can send me an email and I'll be happy to help you and then if you're a farmer (laughs) and you would like to open your farm up to 10 to 12 high school students, hey, I would love to bring them. So um, let me know, reach out to me or reach out to you um, with Farm Bureau and and facilitate some sort of um, field trip with us. We'd love to visit a variety of farm operations. It's very exciting. We thank you for taking time to share with us your experience, and we wish the best to you and your students this year. Thank you so much. Thank you.